welcome to another episode of Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy you're with us today. My guest today is Dr. Mike Belkowski, who is a doctor of physical therapy, an amazing person that started a successful physical therapy practice and fell in love with red light therapy, started a red light therapy company called BioLite, which is our favorite company that we recommend often here at Young Goose and is really, really passionate about spreading the word of red light therapy, does a great job at it, and has a wealth of, of information that we just had to invite here on the podcast and dive into. His red light therapy ebook that is available on his website is probably my favorite source to uh, refer people to when they ask me how to use red light therapy for specific ailments and conditions. Today we are going to dive deep into what is red light therapy, what it does in our body and why is it useful, and really how to use it to treat specific issues and overall wellness. So what you will learn today is what is red light therapy and how it is beneficial, what health and wellness conditions can red light therapy help specifically based on current research and what really to look for when buying a red light therapy device and then how to best utilize it. Before we dive into today's episode, it would mean the world to me and to us here at Young Goose if you took two seconds out of your day to subscribe to the podcast. Not only is this will this ensure that you will never miss an episode, but it will also generally and greatly help the growth of this podcast so other people can enjoy the information provided here as well. Last but not least, I would like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Young Goose, the biohacking skincare company. And since we're going to be talking about red light therapy today, I would specifically want to talk about our Phyto Serum, which is called Green Tea Phyto Serum, that is designed to increase and improve the results of red light therapy on the skin. So it is actually a serum that you apply two to five minutes before you apply red light therapy on your skin. And it is modeled after a German research that showed that it can improve the results of red light therapy at least by 200% and up to a thousand percent in improvement as far as the skin is concerned. But without further ado, please welcome Dr. Mike Bilkowski and the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. All right, Dr. Mike Belkowski, welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. I am very, very excited to be interviewing you. Obviously, it's a pet peeve of mine, Red Light Therapy, and your company specifically is a company I cannot stop talking about. So I welcome to you to the podcast. How are you today? Good, Amate. Thanks for having me on, man. This has been a long time coming. So excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, sir. And uh, so we we obviously both are very excited about the introducing red light therapy to the world. If anyone missed the introduction, uh, Mike is the founder and CEO of BioLite, which is, in my opinion, probably the best red light therapy panel right now to own on the market, and we're going to really dive into why. But Mike, maybe first we should talk about why people should be using red light therapy 
anyway. And obviously the, the podcast is called Biohacking Beauty Podcast. So we can really start with the skin, but as soon, you know, people are going to find out that the benefits are way overreaching and they're not only for the skin. So why, why would people use red light therapy for the skin and in general? Well, so in this day and age, in this modern society we're living in, we spend um, an inordinate amount of time indoors and a very limited amount of time outdoors, especially compared to our ancestors. So while this may seem like a small you know, change in lifestyle, it has dramatic effects on our health, namely because two main reasons. A, by not being outside, we're not getting the full spectrum sunlight exposure, which has countless health benefits. I mean, that's what our our biology was essentially, you know, raised on through evolution is light. So A, we're not getting natural full spectrum sunlight, which is basically nutrition for our body, nutrition for our cells, just as you can imagine the nutrition from food. Mm-hmm. And to compound that by being indoors, we're surrounding ourselves by non-native or, you know, fake light, which does not give ourselves the nutrition it needs. And in fact, especially if you're surrounded by uh, fluorescent lights or Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and 5G, all these invisible lights, it's doing a major detriment and is deteriorating your health more than you can imagine. I think it's one of those things where if we can't see it, then it, then it's not happening to us until it's too late, right? Correct. So there's compounding effects of simply being in a unnatural lighting environment day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. And all of a sudden, people end up with different types of metabolic syndromes. You're putting on weight every month or, you know, a lot over the course of years. Mm -hmm. Diabetes, we have neurodegenerative diseases that are directly tied to mitochondrial dysfunction, which we can get into. Mm -hmm. So all of that to say, red light therapy, which is becoming uh, very popular over the past handful of years, and I think we'll continue this trend over the next several years as well, is only necessary because of the paradigm I just spoke about. If we were to spend much more time outdoors and much less time indoors, quite frankly, we probably wouldn't need red light therapy. So this, this modern lifestyle we live is leads to what's termed malillumination, which, like I explained, is not getting enough natural sunlight, which our body needs for nutrition. So when we're malilluminated, our circadian rhythm is thrown off, and that alone leads to a host of issues. Our mitochondria aren't functioning like they should. And mm-hmm. if you are familiar with mitochondria, you know that they are a major catalyst for your health and wellness and longevity and skin health. So if your mitochondria is not doing well, Dr. Doug Wallace, who's considered the top mitochondrial researcher in the world, has gone on the record in saying, Upwards of 80% of modern diseases are directly tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if we can keep your mitochondria as healthy as possible, you can stave off or mitigate or prevent a majority of modern diseases, including a lot of skin issues. So again, back to red light therapy. Again, it's only necessary because of this imbalance of our light environment. And we can go into a lot of different rabbit holes, but yeah, where do you want to go from there, Amate? I'm thinking, first of all, you know, maybe that's our first point of this, this disagreement because I'm an avid, obviously, an avid biohacker, health opt- optimizer. And my take on it is a part of being like a, a health optimizer for that 
just to give it a name, is to try to hijack processes that our body has evolved towards, right? So we're evolved towards yeah, like getting cues from light. So it, it is n- nutrition for our mitochondria, which is like our engine, right? It's like having a car drive for 20, 30, 40, 50, 70 years and never really doing an overhaul for the engine or not taking care of our engine, which is the mitochondria in that case. You know, everyone's going to know that the car is not going to run for that long, obviously, without taking care of it, of its engine. And mitochondria per se is not going to run as well if you don't take care of it. But in my opinion, there is a different facet, which is like, okay, we can get adequate amount of sunlight, but we can also hijack that process. We can also communicate with the body and tell the body, I really want you to treat this in that area. I want to um, get more benefits in a specific area. And that is to me the magic of red light therapy, because we can really trigger healing or renewal in specific tissue with a relatively simple protocol. It's it's the no one needs to go to university to know how to use red light therapy in their home. And I think that's part of the revolution of that technology, because if we think of 20, 30 years ago, never mind that the that you sh- you would have had to invest over $20,000 to get a spe- like a special laser to, you know, to create the same effects that we could do now with a when with one of BioLite's panels for, you know, a few single percentages of that cost, which is to me, beautiful and amazing. So what are some of the benefits that we can get as far as specific, how, how do we hijack that, that process? Like how do we improve our health specifically with red light therapy? And what are some of the improvements that we can get in order to obviously to convince everyone or to, to motivate everyone that's listening to this podcast to incorporate it as part of, part of their weekly or daily health routine. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Amate. I wasn't trying to say the red light therapy should like be thrown in the garbage. By all means, you're correct because red light therapy, the devices we have on the market today, uh, like BioLite products, it's a much more concentrated form of two specific spectra of light red and near infrared, which to your mm-hmm. point, you get a small proportion from the sun, which of course is part of the full spectrum sunlight, which we need. Uh, but but to your point, these devices are a higher concentration of that red and near infrared, which is what our mitochondria specifically responds to. So so like you're saying, you can specifically target your thyroid or your face for anti-aging or your brain for cognitive benefits or, or mental health benefits, uh, so on and so forth. So so yeah, by all means, there's a time and place for red light therapy to optimize Mm-hmm. Uh, certain aspects of, of health and wellness. What can red light therapy be used for on a weekly basis? I mean, that's that's a loaded question because when we understand what red light therapy treats, which is the mitochondria, you can virtually augment any aspect of your health because the mitochondria are in every single cell outside of our red blood cells, mm-hmm. meaning as long as you can get red and near infrared light there, you're going to see benefits. And the research yeah. is there to prove it. And it, the research is very robust in red light therapy or what's called photobiomodulation in the research world. So, mm-hmm. for example, you can improve mental health. You can improve athletic performance or exercise performance and recovery. There's some research showing potential benefits in the cancer region, mm-hmm. eye health, uh, thyroid health, sleep, 
skin health, of course, and that includes anti-aging, you know, cellulite, psoriasis, eczema, mm-hmm. uh, wound healing. Yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I already said eye health, um, anti-inflammatory, pain, hair health. Again, like I mentioned before, staving off neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, uh, multiple sclerosis, nerve injuries. So I guess if we step back, because it starts to sound like a snake oil pitch, like how can a person use this on a weekly basis just for general health, wellness, energy, anti-aging? So personally, like what I do is I'll target my brain about once a week with near-infrared just to help with the cognitive benefits, you know, anxiety, stress, help with some sleep. I'll target my gut about once a week to help improve the gut microbiome. We have the gut-brain access, so that alone will help my brain as well. And treating my brain will help my gut. Mm-hmm. So help with that. And then with my oral health, the BioLite Guardian, mm-hmm. that's specific for the oral cavity, I'll do that two to three times a week to help improve the oral microbiome, which when you improve your oral cavity, if you talk to biological dentists, they explain how your oral health impacts virtually all aspects of your health. So systemically, yes. so by targeting your oral cavity, you can really help your entire body. So I do that about two to three times a week. And then you can do, if you have a full body device, that's where you probably get the best bang for your buck. That's what I tell people, because then you're getting systemic benefits of red light therapy, which is reducing inflammation, improving circulation, and optimizing mitochondrial health. So by doing that two to three times a week, full body treatments, that is going to help a lot of things. You're basically throwing the kitchen sink at your at your cells and mitochondria, but that can do a lot of good. Yeah, definitely. And I think also, obviously, th- so we have, you know, science has, has substantiated that there are, there are hallmarks of aging. There are things that all of us are experiencing on a cellular level that deteriorate over time. We can measure them. We can look at, basically, we can m- determine someone's biological age by looking at those markers and seeing how well they perform over time. And a lot of the time when you go over that list, which has been obviously has been not nothing has been added to that list for the last 20 years. But what I have seen happen to this list is that the emphasis on what's more important and less important changed dramatically. And I just don't want to tire people by by going over that list. But one of those hallmarks of aging is mitochondrial dysfunction for that matter, or its function in general. And as time goes on, it is getting like the, the driver's seat as far as determining our biological age or how well we perform. So it is one of nine hallmarks of aging, but it is probably the most important or the most dominant driver of that of the out of those nine. And what the good news are, this is probably the one that we can affect the most, or at least it's the easiest to affect or to nurture or to nourish or whatever you want to call that. And obviously red light therapy, as I stated before, might be the most simple thing you know, on the market in order to do that. First and foremost, because it's not something that someone needs to invest in as far as money continuously. You know, most of the uh, anti-aging processes on the market, you know, Young Goose, the brand that this podcast is by included, is something that you need to get on a regular basis. What I 
absolutely love about red light therapy or photobiomodulation as far as science is concerned. So uh, the reason I'm using it is for people not to think that it's two different things is that you basically invest in it once and, and then you're, you can use it as much as you want. And that is very important. So first, maybe we, we should talk about why shouldn't be, you be using it as much as you can, just like every day, all day. Why isn't there like a red light therapy, you know, <laughs> that you can just be in front of every day and just reduce yourself to a baby? Uh, why does that not happen? <laughs> yeah, good question. It, it comes down to a principle called the biphasic dose response, which really applies to a lot of aspects of health, whether it's exercise or eating or drinking water, the concept that more is not better. So uh, the biphasic dose response is a bell curve, where if you're looking at the bell curve on the far left, if we're talking about red light therapy specifically, so on the far left of the bell curve, the dosage is too low to receive benefits or stimulate the cells to realize benefits. And on the far right, we have the complete opposite where the dosage is too high, meaning the intensity of the product and the distance you are and the duration of your treatment is too high, where the exact same thing happens, where you don't realize the benefits you're going for. Luckily, when you quote unquote overdose or just overtreat with red light therapy, there really aren't any negative side effects, which is fantastic, other than you're not going to see the benefits you're looking for. And then you think that red light therapy is a hoax and it doesn't work. Yeah, I'll make the caveat that especially if you're trying out red light therapy for the first time, and your health isn't fantastic, you may notice some detox symptoms like nausea, headache, malaise, yeah, malaise, lethargy. And that's because you're opening up pathways that may have been closed and thus nutrients and toxins have been locked up for a while. And with the vasodilation and the circulation increasing properties of red light therapy, you're actually going to get that stuff moving for the first time in who knows how long. So again, you may get some detox symptoms with the first handful of treatments, which might not feel good, but that's a sign of healing and that things are headed in the right direction. But again, back to this principle of the biphasic dose response, to your point, Amate, when people use it for, let's say, five or 10 minutes one day, and they just all of a sudden have this burst in energy and they're feeling great. Then they're like, well, shoot, I should do 20 minutes twice a day <laughs> because more is better, right? And it's easy yeah. to get in this mentality that more is better, more is better. But that's something I harp on with my education on podcasts like these or the ebook that I've created or otherwise is that more is not better. And it's you want to find the correct dosage underneath that bell curve, get as close to the middle as possible, which may be a lot less of a dosage than you think. But if you're going for results, that's what it's about. And so that's actually why I've developed uh, what's called the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually just about to release the fourth edition. I updated about once or twice a year that covers important information on red light therapy, like we're talking about the biphasic dose response, but then also goes into a laundry list of ways that red light therapy can improve your health. For example, anxiety, depression, boosting your immunity, thyroid health a woman's health. And then within each of these sections, I explain how red light therapy can impact that health condition. Um, I cite all the research or the, the relevant strong research about how red light therapy can help that. And then based on the research, I develop specific protocols so that you know how to utilize your red light therapy device to get the results you're looking for. Because if you're going to uh, use red light therapy to improve uh, your skin health, let's say anti-aging for your face, versus reducing pain mm -hmm. versus improving your 
you know, exercise capacity, all of those take slightly different protocols, again, all about getting under that biphasic dose response bell curve, so that you can use your device most effectively to get the results you're looking for. Because again, the motif of this conversation is that most people do too much. Yeah. When I first got into this industry years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, the general rule of thumb was, use your panel 20 to 30 minutes daily, Yes, which I think is asinine and you're going to be over treating very quickly. I will say though, that doing that is probably better than not doing red light therapy at all. Yeah. But, but in the same token, that's still overkill. And so when I hear people using these tanning beds that utilize red light therapy instead of a UV light, Again, I've heard of a handful of brands that have these booths, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and I can't find, and I go to their company website, and I can't find the specific wavelengths and or the light irradiance, which I find kind of odd that they're not given that information, but uh, it would have to be extremely low. The light irradiance would have to be extremely low for someone to be in there and have a 360 light on their body to be in there for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yes. That is an overkill as well. So, so people that are going to like their gyms or certain salons or whatever, and they're getting in those, what, what do you call them? Um, tanning beds, so to speak, red light therapy beds. Yeah. Your treatment time should be pretty low. Cause again, you're treating your body 360. And if the lighter radiance is anything close to what, what these panels are, you're, I don't want to say you're cooking yourself, but you're, you're just over treating it's overkill. Actually to, to connect to your, <laughs> to your uh, latest comment, which is cooking. I actually, I actually like to explain it with cooking, with cooking. So if anyone looked at your, you know, your protocols or, or whatever, they could, they could deduce the fact that they only need a certain amount of energy relayed to their body, right? That, okay, I should get, you know, basically that amount of energy. It doesn't matter how long, it doesn't matter how strong the device is. And actually, if we think of cooking, we can relay the same amount of total heat or total, you know, energy to a chicken. But if we did it through slow cooking or through frying or roasting, we're going to get significantly different results. And with red light therapy, it's obviously we're not frying anyone, but it's quite similar where we want to get the optimal position on that bell curve as far as the amount of energy we're relaying, because if we're going to relay that energy too fast, it means the device is too strong. We're not going to get the results. And the far end of that curve is that we're actually going to be dampening the function of the mitochondria, which is exactly what we want to enhance and improve. And when you're going through, you know, a session on that bed, you really are, it's almost impossible to get a good ratio because you're exposing such a large part of the body at once that again, the the light should be pretty low and that actually puts you in the other end of the spectrum. So it's very hard to really um, get both of those benefits. And if we're talking about those, the ones that you have in most, in most like old fashioned places where it's, it is basically like a um, tanning bed converted into a red light therapy. That is (laughs) that, that I agree with you. It's, it's not accurate. It's there's nothing there that would um, give you the benefits that you're looking for. It's it's basically it's a little bit of red with light scattered all over the place. So there are wavelengths that are the mo- that science has shown to be the most beneficial, right? It's not just oh we're we're seeing a specific color or not seeing a specific color, and that's 
the ultimate treatment. The fact that we call it red light therapy is nice, but there are specific wavelengths that are optimal as far as health benefits, right? Yeah, and I just wanted to add one more thing, Amate, as you're talking yeah. about red light therapy beds. Another thing I've noticed with those beds is that they're using just red light because mm -hmm. it's called red light therapy. So they just use red light. Well, red light only treats the skin. Yeah, that, that's something we should make the audience aware of. Red light only treats the skin. It doesn't go any deeper. Thus, near infrared, which is a, a longer wavelength, penetrates deeper. So anytime you're trying to treat anything deeper than the skin, you must include near infrared. And so my point being with these beds, if you're treating just red light, you're treating just the skin. And why that's important is because the skin actually has the lowest dosage necessary to see mm -hmm. positive effects because it's the most superficial tissue. It's the easiest for the light to get to. So again, if you're, if you're in that thing for even five minutes, but let alone 10 or 15 with red light only, again, you're only treating the skin, but you're, that's massive, massive overkill. Because for example, if you're doing an anti-aging skin treatment with a BioLite or a similar panel with red light only, you would want to do that at like 15 to 18 inches away for like mm -hmm. 90 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. Let alone being on a bed where the lights are really close to your skin, 360, and you're in there for 5, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, that's massive mm -hmm. overkill. But I guess my other point is, if there's not near infrared in those beds, then you're not getting like the uh, the benefits to your bones and muscles and tendons and organs and brain like you may think you are. So if anyone is using those beds, do a little more research to see if they do include near infrared, if they can tell you what the light irradiance is. But my, my, my guess is going to be you want your, if I was going to go into one of those beds, man, I'd be in there a couple of minutes at most. Yeah. And the last, probably last but not least, is that it is killing my my favorite argument, which is the cost effectiveness of of red light therapy. Right. So we're really going back. Yeah, we're we're losing. Well, if you bought one of those beds, you're never obviously you're never gonna, you know, kind of justify the the price of of one if you had one in your home. Obviously, a panel is ten percent of the cost, and and most and um, is going to give you at least the same benefits. So it's just, to me, it's just not justifying the um, relationship between cost and benefits. So you talked about red and near infrared. Within those two colors of light per se, why do we see a lot of specific wavelengths like red is 660 nanometers, infrared is 850? Why do people use those specifically? Have you seen you know, benefits with other wavelengths, like what are the optimal wavelengths someone should be using on their body? Yeah, the 660 and 850 or 880 in that range is most common is because that's what research has predominantly used. Mm -hmm. There is research that does use varying spectra of red, I mean, up plus or minus 10 nanometers, near infrared, you can get up into the 900s or 1000s if you're looking at the brain, because the longer the wavelength, the, the deeper it can penetrate, which is why infrared saunas, which use mid and far infrared, which are mm -hmm. even longer wavelengths than near infrared, they penetrate much deeper into the body. And thus you get that detox and that sweating mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. So especially the last couple of years, especially as transcranial photobiomodulation has become more popular, which is red light therapy to the brain with near infrared only, mm -hmm. they are starting to use other 
wavelengths, like I said, 900s into the thousands, because near infrared goes from about 700 to 1100, mm -hmm. whereas red goes from about 600 to 700. And you do see some, I can't cite it off the top of my head, but there are some nuanced health properties, let's say with 650 nanometers or 640 or 680. Uh, but at the end of the day, at least according to the research right now, as long as you're getting exposed to red light, as long as you're getting exposed to near infrared, your mitochondria are going to respond positively. But again, 660, 850 seems to be the most popular or what the cytochrome mm -hmm. C oxidase responds to most effectively or most efficiently, at least to our knowledge at this time. Yeah. You know, obviously this, this technology is something that is becoming pretty popular. And since it's becoming pretty popular, people are trying to innovate in a space where maybe innovation is quite difficult when you when science is, is quite solid, right? And I'm, I'm hearing people using other wavelengths that claim to do slightly different things. So obviously we can talk about blue light, but blue light is pretty substantiated, antimicrobial effects, et cetera. But people are using like green light for a pigmentation or orange for, I think, also pigmentation. Like there are companies, people that are citing different benefits to other wavelengths aside from blue and red. Is it something that you've seen as far as research? Like what, what, what's your opinion about that? Well, yeah, because again, the uh, this full spectrum sunlight is providing all of those wavelengths. So mm -hmm. if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, our cells, the, the bacteria inside our body, the mitochondria has been exposed to all of these wavelengths for millions and millions or billions of years. So yeah, it makes sense that there's going to be chromophores or cells that accept light that are going to respond to various wavelengths, different colors mm -hmm. of light. Uh, most recently, I interviewed the gentleman who created the uh, our, our skincare product, kind of an anti-aging, but specifically to improve the response to red light therapy, kind of help you absorb the red and near infrared light better. Mm -hmm. But he was telling me a couple of weeks ago that he had heart palpitations. And he remembers reading a book by Jacob Lieberman, who, who's pretty popular in the light space, an ophthalmologist, and he's done decades of work with light. But if you put magenta, uh, like a light filter, a magenta light filter, let the light pass through the magenta filter, then the magenta light hits your chest, you can reduce heart palpitations. And sure enough, his were reduced and then completely eradicated and never came back. Wow. And then he re recommended the same thing to a friend who was having heart palpitations. He tried the same thing. Sure enough, his heart palpitations disappeared with the magenta light. So to your point, I think there's, well, it's probably documented, but I think to the common person, there's a lot of health benefits to be had, whether it's with, whether it's with magenta or green or yellow or orange. But as it relates to mitochondrial health, like, like what we're talking about here with anti-aging and improving our, our health span, that's where the red and the near infrared becomes especially important because the yellow and the green and the magenta and uh, blue doesn't specifically enhance or directly enhance mitochondrial health. There's other aspects of health that can help with. I think orange does help with some anti-inflammatory properties. Different color helps with different types of mood, whether it's depressive or mm -hmm. or uh, bipolar, what what have you. Being exposed to different colors of light does alter your personality or your mood or your energy levels. Mm -hmm. But as it relates to red light, as it relates to mitochondrial health, it's the red and the near infrared that's gonna uh, move the needle for for improving mitochondrial function. 
Yes. And staying on that subject, really, Mike, could you go into what happens in the mitochondria? So we have mitochondria. We have a lot of mitochondria per cell. They drive whatever function the cell needs to do, fight inflammation, replicate itself, whatever that is. And that is what red light and near-infrared light kind of addresses or treats or gets absorbed by. But what happens in the mitochondria? How does it happen? Yeah, so before I answer that question directly, let's step back again to Dr. Doug Wallace, again, top mitochondrial researcher Mm -hmm. in the world. He's done four decades plus of work probably will win a Nobel Prize at some point. But he's the guy that said 80% of diseases are directly tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. Because the mitochondria, to your point, produces 95% of the energy in our entire body. Um, I think mitochondria make up 10% of our body weight, which is Mm -hmm. mind blowing, given how small they are. But again, back to Dr. Doug Wallace, he also has said from a bioenergetic perspective that the more energy you have in a cell, the less disease state you will have. Another way of saying that is the less energy you have per cell, the more disease state you have. Mm -hmm. And since the mitochondria produce basically all of the energy in our body, it seems that it would behoove us to keep our mitochondria as effective at producing energy as possible because there's a direct relation to the disease state. And even just to take it a step back further for your audience for a moment here, when we If we want to realize why red light therapy can help with so many different health conditions, like to your point, there's hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of mitochondria per cell. Mm -hmm. And that depends on how energy intensive that tissue or organ is. For example, the brain, the eyes, the heart, uh, the liver, skeletal muscle is very energy dependent. So they're going to have lots of mitochondria. They're going to be mitochondrial dense. Mm-hmm. Whereas other tissues that don't, you know, necessitate necessitate as much energy, they're going to have less mitochondria per cell. But still, there there's mitochondria present. So if you have too many dysfunctional mitochondria per cell, then you're going to have dysfunctional cells. Mm-hmm. You have a couple of dysfunctional cells, not a big deal. But then again, if you have too many dysfunctional cells, then you have a dysfunctional tissue. You have too many dysfunctional tissues. You have a dysfunctional organ. That's where you have these diagnoses, like you have a certain type of cancer or a certain type of disease in, a, in an organ. And mm-hmm. then you have too many dysfunctional organs. You have a dysfunctional system like the nervous system or the cardiovascular system. Then eventually you have too many dysfunctional systems, you die. But then if you backpedal, it all comes back to dysfunctional mitochondria, too many dysfunctional mitochondria that ultimately leads to these dysfunctional tissues and organs and systems and, and our demise. Yeah. So that's why it's all about the mitochondria. If you can keep your mitochondria robust, effective at producing energy, you're going to mitigate, you can reverse, basically eradicate these diseases by keeping your mitochondria happy. And so back to back to the point of energy and and how red light therapy helps the mitochondria, we also need to understand this principle of redox potential. We all have a redox potential which is a net negative charge and you want to be as net negative as possible because the more negative you are the greater affinity you have for accepting electrons Mm -hmm. and that's one of the main tenets of mitochondrial health is having as many free electrons as possible that can be from light that can be from food that can be from grounding that can be getting uh, from getting those maybe electron rich water or those negative ions from the ocean Mm -hmm. 
but we want as many electrons as possible because we want to run those electrons through the electron transport chain inside of the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And it's the electrons making its way through the five respiratory proteins in the, in the electron transport chain that leads to ATP production or energy production and also water, biological water, that fourth phase water, which is another aspect of mm -hmm. energy production. But again, the more electrons you can get going through the electron transport chain, the more energy or the more ATP you're going to produce. And that's what red and near infrared light does at its core is it allows the electrons to flow. It allows the electron or allows the mitochondria to produce energy as efficiently as possible. And again, to the beginning the of this conversation, of exactly ATP. Yeah. And so again, if we're back to Doug Wallace, he's saying as much, the more energy you have, the less disease state you have. Well, it's about getting those electrons through to produce ATP. That's what red and near infrared light does. It allows your mitochondria to produce energy efficiently. And essentially a dysfunctional mitochondria, which leads to all these modern diseases, a dysfunctional mitochondria is just not producing energy efficiently. Yeah. So again, we have this very, it's non-invasive, it's non-pharmacological, it's safe, you can do it in the comfort of your home. It's light, but it's this red and near infrared light that it's making your mitochondria produce energy at an efficient level, which leads to the, uh, this laundry list of health benefits. Yeah, that starts to clarify why, you know, we can have so many benefits from, from one simple application or not from one simple modality, if you would. I wanted to take a quick break for this episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare product and our special offer for our podcast listeners. Our products are the world's first biohacking skincare products. And what they aim to do is to reboot uh, your skin cells to a youthful state so they can correct the cellular damage that is accumulated over time. Our favorite products and the one that we recommend everyone to start with are is our care concentrated moisturizer that can be used as both a day and a and the night cream. What this product is really specially delivering to the skin is our NAD precursors that are nano-sized and lipolized. They are both NR and NMN. And what they aim to do is to fuel the repair processes that our skin engages in by activating also our sirtuins, which are our anti-aging genes or our longevity genes that are responsible for DNA repair and basically repairing who we are really as human beings. In order to do that in a, the most effective way, we combine it with our enhanced resveratrol, which is fermented resveratrol that allows resveratrol to be 50 times more bioavailable in the skin and actually non-toxic because most people don't know that resveratrol is actually toxic for the skin since the skin doesn't have the enzyme to break it down like our gut does. So by fermenting the the resveratrol and introducing the enzymes in the fermentation process, we can obviously make it non-toxic and 50 times more bioavailable. And Care Concentrated Moisturizer also has 10 more active ingredients that support those processes, such as CoQ10, PQQ, two forms of vitamin C, and even turmeric and B vitamins. This is the first product we recommend. The second is eye care, which is a version of care specifically for the eyes. It also contains 
our NAD precursors and also contains very, very advanced peptides, our proprietary complex that includes GHKCU, a copper peptide that is very famous for its anti-aging abilities. The third product we recommend is our ProCare Serum. And that is a very special serum because it interacts with the mTOR pathway, which is a pathway that is very famous for its ability to affect how we age. So this product does a few things, but really what it does, it eliminates senescent cells, which are cells that harm our skin because our skin couldn't clear them very well. So it eliminates those, regenerates the skin. It stimulates the mitochondria with lilac uh, cell culture extract. And it also has a very strong and effective form of vitamin C that is well known to help the skin regenerate itself. Combining these three products by first applying ProCare, then eye care, and then care will give you the best results you've ever experienced for your skin. And that we guarantee. If you would like to try these products, you can head over to younggoose.com to our website. And when checking out, please use the promo code PODCAST20 in all capital letters in order to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, head over to younggoose.com and use promo code PODCAST20 in all capitals for 20% off your first purchase. And now let's get back to the podcast. One of the things that people, maybe it would make sense to people is that it is a form of stress to the mitochondria, right? So the, the reason we're getting those benefits and, and many, many, many kind of holistic health optimization modalities are going to fall into that category is that it is a form of hormetic stress. And we can talk about that, but that's, we're, we're really kind of signaling the body to, to improve its function, right? Yeah, exactly. You're making the body or you're making the cells more resilient. Mm -hmm. And really you can liken uh, light therapy, red light therapy to exercise to your point, you know, with yes. exercise, you're, you're going to the gym, you're, you're tearing muscle fibers, you know, at a microscopic level, but that creates a cascade of hormetic responses that makes you stronger in the end if, if you don't overdo it, right? Or if you don't underdo it. Same mm -hmm. thing with light therapy. And that's another tenant of why you shouldn't overtreat is because then you're overdoing the hormetic stress response. And it is good to know that the mitochondria is the number one producer of free radicals on the in the body. Mm -hmm. And that's just like in a normal healthy body. And so there's something called the mitochondrial theory of aging, which posits that it's this production of free radicals that leads to our aging and that leads to our, you know, ultimate demise. So you don't want to create free radicals in excess to what the mitochondria can clean up and repair. That's where we start seeing these diseases and these cancers it's, it's tied to excessive free radical production. And if we step back to the electron transport chain one more time, we'll see that I mentioned the five respiratory proteins, and we want those mm -hmm. as close to each other as possible. We want that tunnel as tight as possible, because then the electrons can jump from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five as efficiently as possible. And if you mm -hmm. talk to a person who's deep into the quantum space, the electrons literally jump from these from these locations. So it's just like if we were trying to cross the river and jump from run, one rock to another, well, we wouldn't want the rocks to get too far apart or else we're going to jump and not make it. We're going to land in the water. Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening with these electrons is 
when a person is dehydrated, when a person is stressed, when a person is not getting enough healthy light and or they're getting too much unhealthy light mm -hmm. or non-native EMFs or they're eating carbohydrates out of season, then these respiratory proteins or like the rocks in the river begin to spread and spread and spread, which means these electrons can no longer make the jump, meaning they're spilling out. And when they're spilling out, they're creating ROS, reactive oxygen species or free radicals. And so it's this free radical production that becomes excessive that leads to aging that we see um, at a cellular level. Yeah. So we want to do things that can condense those respiratory proteins, keep those rocks in the rivers as close as possible, which is things like getting healthy light, cold thermogenesis, fasting, things like these will keep your, your electron uh, transport chain nice and tight. It'll keep your electrons flowing efficiently and thus ATP production efficiently, and you won't be creating excessive free radical production. Yes, and that's very interesting to think that we're working with the same elements that everyone has heard of before, which is like, oh, we don't want to have oxidative stress. Oh, we want our cells to have energy. I feel low in energy. That means obviously that is something that we experience as we grow older. Injuries heal less fast, but really we can narrow it down to this one thing that is becoming dysfunctional. And if we can target that and kind of improve it, we can, we can truly affect every other process that is happening as far as aging. And, you know, that, that's what we call an upstream process, right? A process that sits upstream. And if this process kind of blocks the natural flow of water for that matter, which is a healthy body, that is going to affect a lot of different systems. And if we can dislodge that rock that affects the, you know, basically stops some of the natural flow of water, then we can actually have a, a an entirely healthy organism that, that staves off aging for that matter. So now we've kind of substantiated that we need red light therapy. We talked about like full body, not full body. What are some of the ways to expose ourselves to red light therapy? How do those devices look like? And why would we choose one and not the other? Well, I'll tell you this. A way to get free red light therapy every day is to watch the sunrise. Because mm -hmm. when it's low on the horizon, that's when there's going to be the highest proportion of red light. And when that red light hits your eye, I mean, we could have two or three podcasts on this topic alone. The physiological mm -hmm. cascade that happens internally with your pineal gland and the suprachiasmatic nucleus and, and what it does to virtually every single system in your body, just when that morning light hits your eye is tough to comprehend. So my point mm -hmm. being, if you can watch the, watch the morning rise consistently, that alone is going to be a huge boon for your health, which is free red light therapy. Uh, but to your point, what do the devices look like? Well, uh, predominantly in the market right now, there's panels. It's a handheld device, which is like the size of a cell phone. There's one that's like a tabletop model that's like the size of a sheet of paper, at least talking about BioLite specifically. Then you mm -hmm. have panels that are full body. We have oral care specific. And then we will have um, a handful of new products coming out in the near future. The most near future will involve flexible LEDs looking into treating using full body products that are flexible. Nice. So that, that's a little teaser, but other products we'll be looking into is treating the brain specifically. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the ways we're, we're looking to innovate in the space. And the way I see it is right now, like I said, everyone offers panels, which is great because you need to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I think 
the red light therapy space needs to head in a direction where there's less friction to use because a lot of people, they don't want to have to stand in a certain area for too long or they don't have the time or or it takes up too yeah. much space. So if there's ways that red light therapy can be integrated where essentially people, people are using it without really having to think or know that they're using it, just ways that they can continue continuously or consistently bathe their cells in in the red and the near infrared light. And again, I'm not saying like all the time and daily, but you know, in proper dosages, I think mm -hmm. that's where the space is gonna grow even more rapidly than it already is. So so that's kind of the direction I am thinking and the BioLight is is thinking is where's the future of health and wellness? Where's the future of like the biohacking space? Um, how can we utilize certain biometrics to tailor your red light therapy sessions? Maybe if you have a biostrap or an aura ring and it says your HRV is this and in your uh, heart rate is that, maybe you need this specific red light therapy protocol today to to optimize your energy levels or your you know your your mitochondria. So I think there's going to be a very bio-individuality utilizing different type of metrics that'll automatically tailor red light therapy treatment so you don't even have to think about it. And again, versus there having to be panels, there are other ways, whether it's in the bathroom or mm -hmm. in your living room or in your bedroom, again, ways to integrate red and near-infrared light without you having to think about it. So again it's becoming like this seamless part of your your lifestyle without you having to necessarily take 10 or 15 minutes out of your day to go stand in front of a panel. Because I think that is kind of a friction for a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas like, I think for some people, they actually enjoy that time because it's like, they have to stop and like, go, go do this red light therapy. So you have to like, put down your phone, get away from everyone mm -hmm. and go do your red light therapy session. So it can kind of almost be meditative or relaxing to force yourself to to cut out some time time in the day but i think for a lot of other people it's kind of a a, a speed bumper or, or uh makes it difficult for them want to to, to want to do it consistently yes i agree with you you know just to connecting to what you're saying i think the more you could do other things my example is always like watching tv if you could do anything while watching tv you're going to do it right mm -hmm. and obviously that's just an example if you work in front of your computer or whatever if it's seamless it, you're going to have a, a lot more people that will integrate it happily and if it's something that requires its own time of day that's going to be an issue for for some people and to connect to what you're saying about integrating it in different modalities you know a good friend of ours and someone that we absolutely love, Dr. Neil Paulvin, said that 2022 would be the year where people would try and integrate red light therapy in every room in their house so they can just jump from room to room and, and have that uh, shining on them. But actually what I see, which is kind of peculiar, especially, I'm not going to say in commercials, but when people post on Instagram or whatever, you see people <laughs> doing yoga or whatever with red light therapy, but they have their clothes on. <laughs> I know you don't got to tell me about it. It's kind of a catch 22 though, because uh -huh. like how much are you going to reveal unless you're a guy, mm -hmm. you can have your shirt off more easily. But from a, from a lay person, when you see that, that's what you think is the normal. So that is kind of a, a disconnect between, you know, reality and properly educating the public on how red light therapy works. Cause to Amate's point, your skin needs to be exposed where you want benefits. Mm -hmm. Red and near infrared light does not penetrate clothing. So 
yeah, when you see people, like you're saying, when you see people doing yoga and whatever, and they're basically fully clothed, well, really only their face and their arms are getting benefits. You know, it's like <laughs> not much else is getting penetrated. The other yeah. one that kills me is when different companies or, or people are posting about red light therapy and they're doing it outside in, in the sun. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's kind of <laughs> ironic. That's that's right. So just to maybe give people more direction, because we did really tease a lot in this episode. And, and although it's a very simple modality to use, the science behind it is pretty it's pretty complex and we did touch on some of it, but we could go into whole, I mean, three month course on, on why red light therapy works and how, so without doing that, what should people be looking for when they are approaching integrating red light therapy in their lives at the moment with the products that are available right now in the market? Yeah. Good question. I guess I didn't answer that before. So really, some of the key variables are going to be, of course, the light spectra. But I mean, everyone has this to your point, like the 660 and 850 for now. Some companies integrate several spectra of red and several spectra of near infrared, which may or may not lead to more efficacious treatments. The other aspect is light irradiance. To your point, more is not better. But you do want it to be high enough where you are getting those therapeutic benefits. And I believe as long as it's 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared or higher, you're going to get those therapeutic effects. But really, once you get over 140, 150, then to your point, you kind of begin to cook yourself a little too fast. And it's tough to really work out the nuances of different treatments. Mm -hmm. So I really think between like 100 to 130, 135 is kind of the sweet spot for, for red light therapy treatments. So you have the spectra, you have the light irradiance, and then some of the safety factors are EMF emission, which... If it's plugged into electricity, there's going to be at least some semblance of EMF emission. So if some company is saying that their EMFs are zero and it's a panel that's plugged into electricity, that's impossible. You just can't do mm -hmm. it. I mean, anything that's plugged into electricity, whether it's your phone or your microwave or your fridge, like anything that's plugged into electricity gives off EMFs. Yeah. The only way it could be zero is if it's a handheld device kind of like the shine behind me or, or the oral care device where it's not plugged into electricity. It just runs on internal battery. Yeah. So you want the EMF to be as low as possible because it's kind of counterproductive to improve your cellular health with light, but then you're combating a little bit of EMF emission light. Pros probably outweigh the cons, but no reason to further inundate yourselves with EMFs. Yeah. And then the second safety factor is light flicker. So this isn't something you can see with the naked eye. It's like fluorescent lights. You're working in an office, right? Where people that are working in office for years and years under fluorescent lights, they're going to have decreased focus and concentration and decreased energy, potential increase in headaches and migraines and mood disorders. And again, it's not something we can perceive with the naked eye. But again, from an evolutionary perspective, our eyes are used to seeing this coherent light from full spectrum sunlight. When we're under this in under this uh, fluorescent lights, this little flicker, again, that's very, very fast, it's sending this fractionated mixed messages to our eyes that can then get sent to our brain and so on and so forth. So again, why expose your body to more flicker than it has to just like EMFs. So you want to find a device that has the lowest flicker as possible. And just like EMFs, if it's plugged into electricity, it's going to have at least a little bit, sometimes a lot mm -hmm. of it, depending on 
the quality of the LEDs and, and the uh, the internals. But then again, same thing as with EMFs. If you have a handheld device that doesn't run on electricity, then it's virtually zero. So handheld devices from a safety perspective are superior, but with handheld devices, you can treat a smaller area. So that's yeah. kind of something you have to figure out. What's more important, the the portability and the safety factor, or would you rather treat full body? And as long as you have a device that's really, really low EMFs, low light flicker, that's going to be the best bang for your buck. Gotcha. And obviously, this is a general term. I love Dr. Mike's book, uh, ebook that he puts out and really goes into specifics of how to treat specific things with different panels, etc. So where could people find out more about the devices that your company that you founded and the CEO of, which is called BioLite, where can they find more information about those? Where can they find your ebook? Yeah, all of that can be found on the website, which is BioLite.shop, S-H-O-P. And it's BioLite, L-I-G-H-T, not L-I-T-E. If you do L-I-T-E, you're going to get to this camping, <laughs> BioLite <laughs> camping company. So BioLite.shop. And so you can check out the products. The ebook is there. I'm not sure when this podcast will be released, but I'm about to release the fourth edition or the most updated version of the ebook, which is almost twice as big wow. as the third edition. So I've added a lot of information. I've added new sections. I've updated and added many more protocols. So that fourth edition is probably the one to look out for. And then the website as well, the BioLite.shop website, as much as it is an e-commerce site, it's very much an educational portal too. So if you there's a learn tab on the top. And if you look at the learn tab um, and hover over it or click on it, you'll see almost a couple dozen pages that you can choose from, like athletic performance or sleep or thyroid health. And each one has its own page that's just full of information, again, of how red light therapy can potentially help that. And then the research to kind of solidify or back up how it is beneficial for that health condition. So the the BioLite.shop is great to check out devices, to look at and learn. And then if you want more information from me personally, I'm on LinkedIn, just Mike Belkowski, or you can find me on Instagram, Dr. Mike Belkowski. BioLite, same thing on social media, it's BioLite.shop, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, we have a YouTube channel. So there's a lot of ways to learn about red light therapy through me or through BioLite. And if there's a, if you guys ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on any of those pages because I'm I'm passionate about getting the word out and educating people about red light therapy because even in the short period of time that I've been in the light therapy space and, and with BioLite, there's been some amazing life-changing results via red light therapy, whether it's people who've been through like car crashes and then months of PT without, and I'm a physical therapist, but PT without really any pain-reducing benefits. And then within the first week or two of using a full body red light therapy, their back pain's like gone. Or this lady who was infertile for the longest time, she started using our handheld device and now she has a baby boy. Wow. I mean, it's these real results that it's, it's what it's all about for me is, is impacting people's lives. So passionate about it. That's why I'm, that's why I'm on this podcast. Um, that's yeah. why I love going and speaking at events. It's, it's getting the word out so people can really take health back into their own hands and not be dependent on the allopathic model or, or, or this broken medical system that we're in. 
And that's exactly why we recommend your company and you specifically. And I was specifically extremely excited to have you on this podcast because you're, you're definitely a preacher of uh, red light therapy and you're doing things the right way. And I couldn't tell you how, how important it is to us and, and to me specifically. Just maybe to, to wrap things up, when will you come out with new products? Like how does the future look? Do you have any timeline? Yeah, the timeline is as soon as possible, Amate. <laughs> it's a, it's always a moving target. There's a lot of moving pieces, um, yeah. as with any any company. With with these flexible devices, I mean, my goal has always been to at least start pre-sales in August, by mm -hmm. the end of August. Another device that we have coming out that will be around the same time frame is, is this smaller, not quite a pen, but a pen-sized device because... That's something where people can carry it with them wherever they go, mm -hmm. which whether it's like you roll your ankle or, or you uh, fall on the pavement and scuff yourself or you're just like you need a little mental boost. Just having mm -hmm. a small little thing where you can do a little quick red light therapy session to help heal or, or uh, promote, you know, s some benefits. Again, just finding more ways for red light therapy to become ubiquitous and just have people. It's basically it's basically a Swiss Army knife of a treatment modality. So, yes. I think if there's a a product where people can just easily carry it on their person, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. So that product, along with those flexible devices, which will be varying sizes, again, for small pets, for larger pets, and then full size for human bodies, hope to have that out by the end of August. Amen. And again, I I highly recommend starting with a panel, getting those benefits. You can find everything on biolight.shop. We will have all the links in the description of the podcast. And uh, I super appreciate it, uh, Dr. Mike Bolkowski. I, I really appreciate you coming on and spreading the word. And we highly recommend your company, obviously, and we'll continue to do that. I appreciate it, Amate. I appreciate you for you know supporting my company and appreciate you for having me on so I can just continue to spew <laughs> information <laughs> and education about red light therapy because for me, that's what it's all about. The more people, the know the better. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. And I wish you a continuing success. Thank you. Thank you.